0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from
1: the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel, I hope you're well. Man, we're only two months left in your fantasy footy season to go, that means... If you're league-focused, you're four weeks away from a traditional finals matchup. Well, for those going rankings, we're probably just one week away from getting the truest representation of where we're at. And by that, I mean the buys are through, those that have kind of just sideways traded over the past couple of weeks will now start to get exposed. We're really one week away from getting a true rankings representation of exactly where you find yourself. There's a lot we got to chat about. Joining me on this episode, though, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ.
0: Yeah, this is always a funny time, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it really seems to narrow down. We know in the limited trades formats, it's usually around where you either don't do anything Yep. or maybe you're doing a final upgrade. I guess in this case, there's some big name guys that are out that we might have to think about and maybe even preparing for some big name players returning to their sides and the impact they may have on some guys that have been awesome selections in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, it's very, very true. Look, throughout this episode, we want to make sure and in a moment we will touch on Tom Stewart and what coaches should or shouldn't be considering as viable moves through there. And whether or not he's a move at all, want to talk cash cows, we're starting to see a few on the bubble this week in dream team and super coach bazo and Mossimo are probably two of the most, attractive for coaches that we want to talk about them, let alone any others that do come uh, once teams are revealed on the final part of your Thursday afternoon. I've got to talk luxury trades. You already alluded to it, but the wall is coming for a few players that we need to address. And then, of course, our Patreon questions. We love our Patreons. If you want to join the supporter group, all you got to do is go to coachespanel.tv and for as little as a couple of bucks a month, you can show your support and get access to exclusive content that nobody else gets, including including an article I've already written for Patreons this week of whether or not it's too late to get on Luke Jackson. I don't really address that too much other than the fact that I've already answered what I think across the formats you should be doing. Our Patreons have already got that. All right, let's get into it. Tom Stewart game is probably for those that owned him. He's been one of those incredibly great guys to own this year. Not crazy ownership, still relatively popular, But his ceiling this year and on multiple times have been match-up and rankings defining. He's now four weeks out. Before we look at the viable names to look at, is he a must-trade or are there some variables that for you, Kane kind of have to pop before you pull the trigger on him?
0: Well, maybe, MJ, if you've got one trade left in a limited trade format and you've got a decent bench, maybe you think there's a way, looking at the fixture, you might be able to have – a little look, you know, maybe Mm. maybe this weekend you can have a look at um, D'Ambrosio on a Saturday afternoon before Tom Stewart plays. Now, in in reality, you're probably losing 50 points a week Mm -hmm. taking Tom Stewart down to that rookie. Say if the rookie's going at 60 and, you know, you could probably turn them into a 110 if you don't have one of those big dog defenders in Supercoach. Maybe it's a little less in DT, but it's probably not too much. So you're probably looking at 200 points, which is a mm-hmm. lot, which is a yep. lot. In eight weeks, yeah. that's a lot, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's probably where I'd lean that you just got to go with it and you just got to hope. Now, once you're at zero, who knows what could happen. You, you could easily – 200 points could be nothing by that point of the season if, if you lose someone else. But I think you've got to deal with the hand you dealt there and just say, well, I've got to go for it. The only situation you probably could hold him is if your league's focused – you're in yeah. a good spot yeah. and you think nothing in the next four weeks is going to determine really where I finish. I think I'll be in the mix. I'll save that one trade to try to progress through my my league finals, which does happen to a lot of coaches. Absolutely. If, they're not, if they're not in the top, top, there's a lot of cash leagues going around where people go, you know what? I'm just going to play for this grand final. I'm going to conserve a little bit. Um, see, so you, you can see some big movements in the rankings purely on some good teams doing that, going, well, difference between 300th and two thousandth really doesn't bother me. Yep. Especially if there's not a prize for, you know, top 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 scorer in your league, or if maybe that you can't catch that person. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe that's a scenario. But I think for the most part, if you're dealing with two hundred points you think you can make up, you probably just take that and just hope that you don't get too much carnage or you can maybe cover as the weeks go. But I guess in a one trade situation you're not getting Tom Stewart back, are you? And he and he is no. a genuine, almost a one twenty guy. In Definitely Super coach in
1: supercoach, and he's pushing that hundred regularly through there. So, so let's in that scenario, let's address the trade because I think you're right. I think those are the caveats of why you'd hold him if your rankings focused across the formats. He's a move, no questions asked. You're right there in AFL fantasy and dream team. Just on the current form, if we rather than look at overarching season, just over the past three weeks. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, the names you're probably looking at for scoring rather than ownership would be Doherty, Rich, Brayshaw, Dawson, Cumming, Whitfield. Young, surprisingly, might might have popped it for a few people, but he's certainly right in the mix. Sinclair, Lloyd, Crisp. They're, They're probably the names that people are looking at, either for a combination of recent scoring history, ceiling, and... Maybe some uniqueness while over in Supercoach, very, very similar names. Dawson, Rich, Brayshaw, Doherty. Probably add Vloston into the mix over there. Sard and Baker, if you really want to go something, flavoured it quite differently. And then the only other names that probably should be in the mix in AFL Fantasy but are most notable in Supercoach in terms of their recent scoring would be Aaron Hall And Bailey Dale, who plays on Thursday night, minus Caleb Daniels. So those that go he's been good this year, consistent without being ceiling great, probably might get a, a suspected bump. Of those kind of max of names, who's standing out to you as kind of top two or three to trade Stewart to? Well, MJ, if you
0: don't have any, if this is one of your last trades and you've got the cash, I think if you've got a chance to go to Doherty, you go to Doherty. Yep. I think for a lot of people though, and this is the unfortunate thing with Stewart is Stewart was a target that a lot of people were looking to round out their side with. If they needed an upgrade, they were sort of almost waiting for Stewart and and he presents a great price this week. So he's, he's not really fairly priced in terms of how good he's been. Uh, I think the upside is clearly with Aaron Hall. Yes, I agree. And obviously the risk is, and we all know it is, can he get through eight weeks? If Mm. he can get through eight weeks, I see him, maybe not on the Doherty level, but I think he's going with your Sinclair's. He can go with your Dawson's in DT. He can go with your yeah. He's he's in that realm uh, for a fraction of the cost, and especially if you've got a couple of trades left, you know. Hmm. Sometimes saving that hundred k that could mean you can have a luxury upgrade and take you know a merit to a Jack Steele or someone like that. So um, Hall's the one I think for me just purely on upside and the price now clearly there's massive there's massive risk of course he's in a team that you know is clearly struggling there's you never know there's a review going on at the moment there, there's all sorts of movements and dealings behind the scenes that could see him lose this role i don't think he will based on the evidence we have over the last two seasons where north yep. has been you know the bottom team that hasn't mm. changed that's been actually a constant when he's been fit the scoring's been outrageous. You'd think the matchup against Geelong, while it's a tough matchup in terms of winning the game, should present Aaron with plenty of opportunities. Well, their to whole get the fixture's
1: ball. actually quite nice. It's Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond, Hawthorne, Essendon, Sydney, Adelaide, and Gold Coast. Yeah. That's for, for where he and how he plays, and let alone what other teams are trying to do against North, and contrasting him to a Dawson for a moment, Across the formats, he's about eighty five K cheaper. And you'd probably say in a head to head matchup over the next eight weeks, you'd probably say they're relatively comparable. Because if you look at Adelaide's run, it's still quite good too. But Melbourne, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton, West Coast, North Melbourne, and then Port Adelaide. On on side by side, you'd probably feel comfortable that Hall's got a bit more ceiling, historically. And probably better bang for Buck. Yeah, I I think so, MJ. And if if you're going to put a
0: line through Hall on his injury and maybe you're worried about a few trades left, I think the guy that I like that's maybe a bit unique is Isaac Cumming. I look at the way the Giants are moving the ball, and some would say not moving the ball, which is why (laughs) they're scoring so well. You, You have a look through the informed defenders. You've got, in DT, Whitfield and Cumming going at 109 and 107 in their last three. Yeah. And we know Himmelberg in the forward line, he's going at 125, Cornelio 121. Like this is game plan related. There is yes. so much kick mark in the back half. There is so much controlling the ball. I think an Isaac Cumming, you know, he gets a lot of the kick outs already with Himmelberg. And I think if you want a unique guy, his age profile, I don't see him being a guy that gets moved out. He's, he's a real constant mm. in that backline, whereas a Whitfield can be thrown, as we know, across the whole ground. So if you want to go a little bit different, you want a little bit cheaper than you know the Dawson's and the Sinclair's and these type of guys. Yep. Um, and, and again, Isaac does have some good durability history and he's at the right age. And as I said, I think the role's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy I like because he can get up to the 120 mark. And we're talking about eight weeks. So it only yep. takes one monster game and – as crazy as it is, when Himmelberg's dropped the 160, I can see a game where that is Isaac coming. It's 15 marks, it's 25 kicks, it's just one of those games mm. that falls his way. And if you get a ceiling game in the back half of the season, Ooh. that's what when we start the preseason, isn't it MJ? We look and go, geez, Isaac coming went at 110 in the last eight. And you really look through and go, Oh, there was that 150, and there was a 120, and then the rest was his ninety five to 105. So I think he's the type of guy that I do like. Hawthorne, again, a team that like to play pretty quick. So, usually, I think with the Giants slowing it down, he's the guy I'd go for It's a bit unique, but um, it's a really impressive line this year. And like you mm. mentioned, there's guys like Brayshaw and Rich that um, have been premiums in previous years and have had dips and patches throughout the year. But, you know, even with Salem back, Brayshaw's done his thing. Daniel Rich, it's amazing, isn't it? When you hit that floor, these guys do come back up. I think he was a guy that everyone thought, geez, that's been a bad pick this year. But then he puts together, you know, 111 in his last three and that average of 92.
1: Yeah, and he's got 124 in his last three in Supercoach. Yeah, like we know how Dawson's much of a gun he is there. Yeah. So
0: it is funny with those type of guys. Uh, maybe that's something we do have to always think about, isn't it, MJ? As much as we want to chase the top top, if you're not getting the real top, sometimes you just have to go for those bounce backs. Mm. Um But I think that's the realm people are looking. I think it's Doherty at the top. I think you have to be a little bit worried about Sinclair, mainly because you're coming into a Carlton matchup. And Carlton is really, really hard to put scores against. Yeah. Uh, So for me, I think if you just want to go upside, it's Aaron Hall. If you're cash rich, I think you're going to go Doherty or -hmm. even a Dawson in a super coach. And I think maybe if you want something in between, I think an Isaac Cumming is the type of guy that um, could finish the season really, really well.
1: I really like him in, in in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. You're, you're probably not looking at him in, in Super Supercoach He's only gone about 80-85 over that. He's very last um, three. he's not
0: really an interceptor yet. Is he? MD? He doesn't have no. that Tom Stewart style. Whereas Dawson does. Like Dawson gets so many intercepts. Correct. And he's such a beautiful kick. Whereas Isaac is a good kick, and he, he's a bit more run and carry than maybe a Dawson. But a lot of it's uncontested.
1: Yeah, and a lot but of that's it's where the, high the different game. formats. Yeah, come, and that's why I think he is a DT fate. sort of play. That's where a Hayden Young might be the interest for you if you are cash-strapped, where you go, there is the intercepts uh, as well as the marks in that game style over there. If you go, man, I don't have 500K that I can get up to. Okay, those are the things. I think you're right. If dollars are there, it just you get the best you can get. If the money's not there, well, now you're looking for value and the best return on the run home. I think that's some really good advice. We are at an interesting point of the year too where – The cash cows we're trading into, we do want some level of security uh, about them to a degree, but we're not looking to trade into these guys for on-field really though, are we? We're looking for them to free up stuff.
0: And MJ, it's probably more of a, a DT super coach thing because we're so trade restricted by this point of the season that just yeah. having a heartbeat that if we do get to zero trades and we can't do anything, can they just bob up and give us 30, 40, 50 extra points? And and as we always say this time of year, often there's a reason they haven't played. Like yeah. we've been waiting for Elijah Hollands all year. And I think at the start of the season, he was the guy that you thought, DPP, I can take oh, a good bullish score it. Yeah. In, in round one. But there must be a reason. And, and barring massive injuries, and especially in a team like Gold Coast that's right in the hunt for the eight, Yeah, I think it's the teams down the bottom where if you're going to take a flyer, take a flyer on a West Coast, a North Melbourne. Uh, Even Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, Adelaide. like Take a flyer, Essendon, take a flyer and see Hawthorne. can they give this person a game? Uh, but I think often um, just going the cheapest with DPP – I think now that people have cottoned on, especially in DT and Supercoach, that you can actually move your team around without actually using trades. And people will know that strategy of what you can do yeah. in terms of bringing in someone, reversing it, and actually you know, taking a Paddy McCartan, for example, to your forward line from your back line without yeah. needing something to swing with. So I think opening up those DPP, sometimes you can actually get just the coverage, and that's actually more important than having that playing player. But really, MJ, I think... When people are downgrading, all they want to know is, can I get the premium I want? Because there's no guarantee as good as Massimo is, he could be out of the team in two weeks. Or as, you know, Bazo, he's got that flexibility a little bit more expensive. But Mm. I think people are just going to go, what do I have to do to get the player I want? And if that's someone that's just not going to play, well, it's impossible to predict these guys over the last eight weeks. And also, when do you need them? You know, every chance, the one game they miss is the game you need them. That's just the nature of the beast in this, isn't it? Uh,
1: well, and that's it. Like we're, we're entering a time of recording. There's some question marks over a uh, Rory Laird that he was seen wearing the non-contact non-con- training cap. Uh, work even, even a Patrick Cripps, let alone some others that have been innuendo and rumoured around through there. It is starting where not luck plays a part in things, but certainly there are variances that now start to kick into the game. So, you know, before we talk any more about that, What's your thought? Like, we're moving away potentially from these security cows, so to speak. Maybe people are still rolling a Deconning, a Saligo, things of that nature that we think they'll be there. They're best 22 now. How risk averse should you be? Or is it just about getting the best available? I think you just got to get the points on field,
0: MJ. Don't you really? You just got to go for it. I think that's the point. Everyone you're up against, if they're not in that position where they don't need their bench, they're going in points on field. You know, Cash generation now, anyone you trade in, you're probably not going to trade that cow back out. So I think that's why people go, just get the dollars on field, put them to points and see what happens. Clearly, that's the crystal ball that everyone wants to know, isn't it? How <laughs> yeah, many trades true. do I need for the last five weeks? Well, it just yeah. depends. We'll and, tell you in that, hindsight, it, won't we? And, yeah. and that's the thing. You, there's been years where... You know, I know I've left trades for the back end, and the carnage hasn't come. And then on the flip side, we've all had years where, you know, we're out of trades with five weeks to go, and four, five, six injuries happen, and you have a nosedive. And that's just the thing you don't know. Again, I think that's why people always go, "Just give me the points now, and whatever yeah. happens happens." So I think there'll be a lot of people going, "Cheapest cow," you know. And that's the thing: if you've got two trades left and you can get the premium you want, and you've got say 150k in supercoach. Yeah. Well, you do. Maybe you do have the luxury to bring someone in who's even gone up a little bit. Like, you're always going to pick the best available. Maybe you do just go for two, I guess, average players. know, mm. maybe you go for uh, two of those guys that have fallen premiums almost in a 350, 400K range in super coaching. Just go, let's see what happens. It might be better than a, a basement cow and a premium. If you That's think true. you can massage um, all that stuff, but it does get a bit tricky to do that sort of stuff, doesn't it? Because how many times do you loophole them on yeah. and get the get the poor score on the field, and you know take away a hundred on? So I think just get the points on the field, get the best players um, you think you can, and the ones you like. And again, and that like is only for eight weeks now. It's it's you have to put that that past fifteen rounds behind. Yeah, us. It doesn't
1: matter, does it? No,
0: no. And that's and that's where we, in hindsight we'll see these Thomases of last year, Degoeys of last year, and we'll try to obviously pick them. Mm. But it's not easy to do because sometimes, you know, stuff does start changing now. But to have the trades to actually do it, that's where AFL Fantasy, you can be really aggressive with, well, that's a bit different. I haven't seen this guy getting 50%, 60% CBAs all year. Yeah, Key player goes out. That's the stuff we're waiting for. I don't think at this point there's anything that jumps out to me that says, yep, yeah, this could be the Ngoi of last year. Clear role change, bargain mm. price. We know, we obviously, with the Rucks, there's been some when that main Ruck goes out, and we've really sure. benefited um, from those. But even a Jackson and a Cameron, MJ. Yeah. Where does it sit now? You know, we know Grundy's flagging round 18 as his return.
1: Yeah, it we sounds like Gorn, Gorn is
0: round 17. So if we're getting one game from Jackson in that current role. Now, who knows how they integrate Gorn back into the team? Is it a bit mm. more of a split? Um, you know, watching that game closely last week, Jackson benefited massively from McInerney grabbing it out of the ruck and, you know, getting a push on, which is a tackle. Mm. Like all these sort of things that, you know, when you're getting nine tackles, that's that's great for fantasy. That's huge. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Riley O'Brien this week. And, um, you know, was that trade worth it, I guess, per se? I think it all depends on what your goal of Jackson was. Was he someone that you wanted as cover in the back half of the season? You got a little that's hit. Right to cover you the first two weeks and then you sort of slide him to the bench and he just covers you in between? Or was he someone that you thought, I'll get a two or three rounds from him, maybe generate 50 to 60K yeah. and move on? Um, you know, especially in AF, that was all people could do. They were trying to put out multiple fires That's right. last week and it was just the best you could do. And obviously you've lucked into a, a massive Good score and, and worry about the future. You know, sometimes there is setbacks. Sometimes there's things that, that gets delayed. So... You've banked a good score. I think now, personally, for Jackson, it gets quite tricky to bring him in. I, I, I don't agree. really know um, what your goal is there because I would think you would have addressed English last week.
1: Mm-hmm. If that was
0: something that you were weighing up, Jackson, and you didn't go that path, um, there really hasn't been a Ruckman at this stage before teams that's out. You know, Darcy's playing, Cameron's playing, Wits is mm-hmm. playing. Um, all these guys are playing. So you'd be thinking... Do you need to feel that same issue that pretty much everyone had last week? I, I wouldn't think so. So I yeah. think for me, if you're a Jackson owner, happy days. Um, I don't think there be should be too many people jumping on
1: now. I just don't know well, what your end game is You're just facing at this point, aren't you? You're now just reaction re-manoeuvres Now going, oh, I might get a value F six that can. But the reality is, while he has popped some good scores with Gorn this year and to a degree last year, we know the narrative of how he got there. So uh, the only way I could advocate for it, uh, of trading into Jackson, is is for two approaches. One, it's a very aggressive one-week trade. I don't think there's the money to make from it, but that's... If that's the own, the best you can get, but you know you can do more next week and you've got the volume of trades to do it, sure. Or two, you're intending for him to push to F7 and R3 for the year and not be on your field in two Flo- weeks' time.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: and he's just your interchangeable manoeuvre between Teekle, English, and whatever comes your way. Those are the only two caveats. If it is neither of those... For me, I just feel like you're underbuying and you've just missed on him last week. Uh, We've already, you know, it's jumping around a bit, but one of our Patreons asked the question. um, To to jump ahead a little bit, they're going, if you held Tim English to this point, the club have confirmed he won't play this week. This is before teams have come out. Uh, We know that they're not playing with them with the Thursday night game. If you've committed this far to the English hold, is there a circumstance where you can see you need to abort out of that? Or is that team dependent? Well, we would be very team dependent.
0: I think it would be an AFL fantasy
1: move. Sure. I think in,
0: in D10 Supercoach, English is so good. So in my head, I think of it like this. If you've got cover, now that that might be something you don't have. But just say, mm. even if we say you don't have cover, right, MJ? Let's say you were going to trade him to a Treloar. You know, Let's say a 100 tonight. Like I've got English as a 110 guy. So I've got seven mm. weeks of English going ten points more than Trelaw. That pegs back seventy of those hundred points that I've lost this week. Yeah, so I've done a I've done a trade for thirty points in my scenario. Now again, yes. Trelaw went bigger, and if English went less and miss games, but there's not you know unless you maybe missing a bond super Supercoach and, sure. and it's a big and it's a big dog and you think An he's going to go pound for pound. But yeah. if you're going to someone. That's, again, pretty much everyone outside of Bont is in super coaches below him, Dunkley. There's not many guys that are on English's level. So if you're dropping to that lower tier in the 90, 95 range in, in AF, to me, I'm going, English is going to chase down a lot of those points that you've gained. Because mm. like you're probably going to be complete. So if you want to get English back, now you're spending another trade to get, you know, a Brody up or someone like that. Um I think you just got to see what you've got, and I'd probably be just trying to arm myself with enough cash to, you know, to do that. But again, maybe maybe you're in a position where last week you had so much carnage uh, that you made that move, and a lot of people moved him on last week, and they thought it was a one weeker, and they've mm. now they've been fortunate that it is two for their sense. So um, I think it's AF only. I think in a super coach DT, I just don't see you gaining enough points doing it. AF, I can see the merit in it. Um, just to keep, again, especially if you're complete, there's probably, there's no reason to not
1: no, just I mean, sideways. No, exactly.
0: Because you're probably just thinking again that you'll sideways your other premium to get him back in um, well, in a right. week or two. So that's that's the format. I think that that first advice is very, as I said, DT and Supercoach, where you do have to think, I'm spending a trade to gain 100 points, but I'm probably not going to have the luxury of yeah. trading English back. In. Like, you know what I mean? MJ, all of a sudden you're probably spending two or three trades in that scenario. You got one to get English out, then you've got to trade a Heaney, a Brody back to English. Now if you don't mm-hmm. have the cash there, or if the price movements aren't favourable for you, it can be hard to do. And it's just something that I don't see much gain. But in AF, yeah you probably can move him on. Now oh, again, I think in AF you, it's, you're going it's going to it's, it's a bit it's tricky. Yeah because that's true. You know, Grundy's one week closer. But again it, it really is its own beast AFMJ. There's so much you can do in terms of making those almost weekly moves, especially if you complete. You really are just shuffling deck chairs. So at least you're shuffling and getting the premium playing this week because obviously English isn't.
1: Yeah. Well, in AFL Fantasy, what you're really trying to do, I I think most teams in AFL Fantasy are at the very top 100. at, At worst, one genuine trade away from feeling they've got all the undesirable options off their ground. Uh, Maybe a little bit further, there's two, and one of those could be a Nick Dacos type. uh, But any team that's kind of really worth its salt in that format of AFL fantasy has nothing more than three uh, issues that they've got to contend with. And, And that's using... Dacos, in inverted commas. Yeah, as, Dacos as would an be an issue
0: for them. A Crips would be an issue. Like that's what their issues are, let alone- Correct. It's the cows, underperforming
1: so. premium. And
0: that's why or, they're up there, aren't they, MJ? Is they yeah. they might've missed that bullet where everyone had to spend a week sideways in premium and they had another downgrade and, th- and that's why they're advanced. Or they've, I said, they've hit that player 150K cheaper than the masses. And we know what that does. So it's always interesting when you're comparing what you're trying to get at, because- that's why we always talk about ownership of these top teams, because if you're chasing them, going the same players isn't going to, you're going to have to risk being further behind to catch up to, to catch a lot up. of the
1: time. Agree. And that's the dilemma for coaches. And for some of these guys that have been the, the bolters and the value options that we're holding onto, they're coming to their wall for Luke Jackson. You've already talked about what is the Gorn coming back do, uh, it's clearly going to impact his performance from what we saw last week. Now, is it closer to the seventy or eighty odd that we saw depending on the format than it was the big hundreds? I think it's more likely to be closer, but for a week or two, we might get a little bit of gravy that kind of falls our way. similarly with Darcy Cameron. Ian's one of our patrons has asked a question thinking, well what's the impact of Cameron coming back of uh, Grundy coming back for Cameron, I think that the answer is substantial. you you don't have a player of, Brody Grundy's pedigree, who's slated for round 18, and then just go, uh, only ruck 30% of the game. Yeah, especially when you know
0: Cameron is so competent up forward, MJ. And he actually does a bit of that in his current role with Mason Cox. Like, he still scores great. And he's, you know, he's a tackler. He is a threat going forward. He can take a mark and kick a goal. So, the beautiful thing about Cameron, especially in an AF, is look at the price you're going to be selling at. Correct. Like, like you're talking about 100k to go to almost a top 10 midfielder. You know, yeah. you've got so many options there. You know, you can go to English without too much stress. So, um, I think in a DT, that's where really savvy coaches, if mm. they've got enough traits, they're just eyeing off and going when he when Grundy is back in, I am making that move before I even see them back together because Yes. You'd be fortunate if you got the current output you're getting. It would be a fluky game, in my opinion, if Darcy Cameron kept doing what he was doing with Grundy back in the side, especially when, as I said, most of those teams probably don't have English. Or if they do, well, now they're choosing any any forward they want. Mm. And I think you're going to almost be making 100K on those moves by then. You're probably going to be using Cameron to go to that flyer, that person that's got the role change, and he's going to do it for the last five weeks.
1: Well it's about uh, probably after the the round this week with Darcy Cameron just using AFL fantasy as the example it, it'll be 80 to 90 grand just next week to go Cameron to English and you've probably got the luxury of rating that extra mm. and it might be 75 or sixty five thousand that's assuming English has a bit of a drop and and, and that kind oh, of And thing. we know
0: MD the points alone on that could be like honestly they could be 40 points in one yeah. week. Yeah, like it, a, and that would be that would be English being a one ten and Cameron being a seventy.
1: Yes, uh, which so, game is closer to what Cameron was when he was well, in that? One, way. So I think guy, one one guy's a really good forward, and yeah. one guy's
0: pretty much a ruckman. So it's going to be hard for him to get. Again, I'd be surprised if they really shuffled it around. The other thing you got to think about too is they're pushing for finals. Yeah, the other thing you got to think about too is they're on a five game winning streak at the moment. Yeah, they're playing Gold Coast on Saturday night, which is a massive, massive game. Yeah, but the run home is really friendly. So, now yeah, like, I've got Collingwood easily in the eight, and honestly, I could see them really pushing the four just with the fixture and, and those other top teams, you know, cannibalizing themselves almost with some of the runs that you know the, the dogs have, and obviously some of the other teams that are really yeah. up. You know, even Melbourne, Geelong, and Brisbane, like they all clash again. Carlton's got to play Melbourne, so. Mm. I think Collingwood's that team that's probably thinking you wouldn't be surprised if it was an extra week for Grundy. I wouldn't be surprised if it was
1: goes VFL. A VFL
0: a heart. Like there's not a rush. Now if you're getting no. not 20, 21, 22, if you're getting four games with them before finals to work out your mix, yeah. Like that seems more likely to me, but um, I think that's probably a problem again for Cameron. Wait, wait two more weeks. He's going great guns. He's provided so much cover and flexibility. Yep. With the dramas we've had in the rucks, it, it's been honestly one of the picks of
1: the year. I agree. Yeah, it, it's been an absolute monster. Hey, teams, chances are by the time you're listening to this episode, teams are already out. And so we'll definitely try to recap some of the information for you. Maybe we'll jump on like a Facebook Live or something like that later in the week. Before we do let you go, Kane, got a, a couple of Patreon questions we want to throw out there for you. Um, Stephen wants to know in AFL fantasy, is there any 190K ruck? rookies that you can see might get a game. The reason he's asking that, and I think a few are thinking this, Jamison has got a fair bit of coin that's probably now with Nick Nat back, not going to be maximized. Similar with those still stuck with maybe a Hugh Dixon. Tickle was the one. He's not really Mm. going to play for the rest of the year, especially with Lysat now due very, very soon to be back. Is there anybody that you go, they're a heartbeat? Let me just quickly check the injury list because,
0: yeah, Charlie Combin was that one MD that was actually doing quite nicely in the VFL. He's listed at one to two weeks. Yep. Um, so he'd probably be one that I'd think about. Edwards seems like they really want to give him time, but he's not really putting in at performances that warrant getting into that side. And we know that, to be fair, Sherry and Goldstein's actually yeah. It's hard to go a better parts of their team. But yeah. I would think Combin might be your guy. Um, I think the time of Visatini when we thought maybe he was a chance is, is going to pass with Lysette coming back in. I agree. Um, I don't see a Samson Ryan. I don't see Benning. Um, so in short, there's not much that's going to be a heartbeat. Um, I would think if I had to, I'd go Combin thinking that maybe in around 20-plus, he might be getting a chance in that ruck forward Split. It's
1: again, and it gets comes back played. to that DPP flexibility, which yeah. is less help needed in ultimate. And North free. are usually more oh, sorry, of a I Sunday Sunday operator
0: yeah. um, from the top of my head. So maybe you get some flexibility there, but really, it might be a fixture thing. Dependent. You know what I mean, MJ? Like you know, North's a Saturday, 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 Sunday. So they're they're, they're towards the back of most weeks where you maybe you can have a play, but really. Um, I'd have to look a little bit closer at the fix because I don't see any of them really providing cover per se. I would just be no, going, I think with, who can shot. I use? Who, which of the DPPs has the, plays the latest? Which is actually where Tikle's actually been quite handy in that sense. They've played yeah. the last game, the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's true. Look, the, the guys that you need injuries that could open the doors would be a Moyle and Ramston from from Gold Coast and Hawthorne yeah but you're requiring injuries to open up that which is never what you want to be doing. I think to your point where we're trading into these guys and hoping for a heartbeat, you've got to go with opportunity getting knocked rather than someone getting injured. Luck's a part of this. Absolutely, but I'm totally with you on that. Two questions, and then I know we've got to wrap it up. It's a rapid-fire podcast for you today. Um, Brendan, uh, who I believe is actually the number one guy in Dream Team at the moment, but he's asking a super coach question because, you know, why not? He doesn't need Um, help in the other format. He doesn't need help. He's, (laughs) He's kind of alluded to something that we've talked about, but I think there's a broader question, and Ian's got a very similar question. It's around the, if you've got Nick Dacos, is that the last trade priority or are you continually to maximise cash elsewhere? I, I suppose, you know, they're both super coach related questions. Do you keep dealing with other cow issues or other underperforming premiums? Or or is once you can move Dacos up to Aaron Hall, just as an example, do you just bite the bullet and do that? Well, I guess it depends what else you've got on the field. And
0: if you've got other rookies, I'd be getting them off the field First, you know, Dacos' yeah. form in Supercoach is, is frankly on par with a lot of the premiums he would be trading in. He's That's 106 true. in his last three, really consistent, really comfortable, just come off the buy, um, great fixture, like really hmm. good fixture, especially in the next four. Um, so, again, it'd be a low priority for me, but at the same time, I think those premiums will put, you know, anywhere between 15 and 25 points on him an average per week so that, you know, if it's 25 points, you're looking at 200 points across the next eight games. You know, if it's, if it's closer to 10, 15, you know, maybe it's only a hundred, but I think you do make that move and you identify what, you know, what defender you don't have. Like clearly if you, if Stuart was playing and it's going to cost you only a hundred odd K, you know, just over a hundred K to get Stuart. Yeah. Now you're talking 30 to 40 points. It could be across that stretch. So Lower priority than the cows, but again, yep. I think he is a player that um, he's been superb, but it's you know odds on continuing this output for a whole season. We see with these cows, they do have dips. Yeah. It's just the nature of being a first-year player, even if he's one of the best we've ever had.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good shout too. He Like we talk up the Sam Walsh season, arguably this is better. Um, pound for pound, given the DPP that's kind of popped in, probably you could say he is the the well, best. Look at, look,
0: you know the reason he's so good is look at he did in the buys, in the two buy rounds he gave you 113 and 112. Like yeah, when you needed him the most, he delivered. You got a good score.
1: You got a monster yeah. score. Yeah. You absolutely did. Hey, mate, always appreciate you jumping on this podcast episode. It's a rapid-fire one for us today. As always, mate, you're a superstar. Thank you, MJ. Enjoy the round of footy, everyone. It should be a belter. It kicks off tonight, Thursday night footy. A lot of people using a VC this evening, whether it be McRae, Pelly Dunkley or Neil. A lot of people, very popular VC options and then a lot of very expected Clayton Oliver owners that his dominance of the Crows continues on. I think two of his last three games in Supercoach have been 200 plus. So it'll be interesting to see if we pop a 130 in Coach. With a Neil or McRae, the Oliver owners go for the gluttony that, maneuver. MJ, that's or not. the last thing I
0: will say is what is your line there? Because I think a lot of people want the VC on Oliver just to go see what you do, Clayton, and I'll work out the rest after that. Because as you mentioned, if you're a person that likes form against an opponent, and I saw what this, I, saw, I did have a cheeky look before at Supercoach and see what their projection was. Not that we ever, you know, really base our decisions of off no. the super coach projected, but it does have some merit in it, and it had him at one hundred and ninety-three. So, <laughs> oh. um, if you've got a high projected score, maybe just see if you got the say on Oliver, because yeah, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, maybe then there's some options later in the round that might be safer captains. I think Miller. Yeah Miller's Miller got a good matchup against the Pies. Uh, I I think Josh Kelly is, is perfectly fine against the Hawks. Uh, Andy Brayshaw's sure, probably not been as great of late, but certainly against Port you would feel relatively comfortable with that. And then um yeah I think we can't get greedy though MJ. I think McRae, no. Bont or Neil
0: tonight. I think they all sort of go their own direction and don't get too much attention
1: and even Mills um, against the Bombers is a decent yeah. Play. I know it's you want it so. to be all
0: after yeah. Oliver, but um, unless you're going Oliver Miller, I think you've probably got to take one tonight. Just with the popularity so. of picks, yeah. obviously a lands out in that equation due to Oliver. So yeah, I think that's where a lot of people will go, MJ. And tonight will be interesting to see what people do with that line. I think it probably does get to 130. Yep. I think as good as Oliver is, that. You're getting a bit greedy, and I always think with these guys that perform well against them, does Matty Nix, for example, go, this guy's murdered us multiple times. Do we do something extra? Does it impact him? Who knows? Yep. Uh, But I think if you're getting a 130 and you miss the 200, that's just unlucky, isn't it, really? Yeah.
1: Sometimes you just – the hunt can sometimes burn you on the way. Uh, If you want to go and check out any of the articles we've dropped during the week – the ultimate footy DPPs are there, an article for our Patreons about Luke Jackson, and a bunch of other stuff, all at coachespanel.tv. Enjoy the weekend of footy, and we can't wait to chat to you next time here at the Coaches Panel.